Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Rubet. Welcome to Rubet Live. Another weapon. We're, 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 we're honoured with royalty. This is the first royalty we've had. We've got the UK New Zealander of the year, Tanya Bearsley. How are you? I'm fantabulous, Robert. How are you? Um, good. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how I'm half hyped and amped and half depressed. Like, yeah, I'm you know with you. Me? Like, <laughs> I'm really positive for ideas and momentum and opportunity, but also um, gutted for what I know is coming and how you, the battles that are ahead and how we kind of, not that I want to jump straight into it. And this is about you, not me, but that's where I'm at. If you're being honest, cause that's, that's. No, no, I, I, I do love your honesty. If you'd asked me last night, I was, yeah, I'm feeling really homesick. So I'm currently in Porirua, um north of Wellington, which is my hometown, but my real home for the last 15 years. And actually, it's my 15 year anniversary today of living in the oh. UK. Um, <laughs> Technically not, but okay. <laughs> You're not, because I'm not there. So um, last night I was feeling really homesick. Um, our High Commissioner, Sujiri Matapadai, is making his way back to New Zealand. We've got Bede Corey coming into that position in the UK when he's able to leave New Zealand from his great work he's doing here. And um, I put this little PowerPoint presentation together for, on behalf of all the New Zealand community groups in London, and I just felt really homesick. So, um, you know, Robert, we all know none of us are, um, are not affected by this, um, but I suppose I am a bit of an eternal optimist and I'm always yeah. inspired what people do for each other. So I'm really inspired just to be in at home, although I can't really explore it, to see what New Zealand's doing. Mm. Um, around supporting each other through this really crazy time. So let's um, let's uh, let's jump to the big questions. Did did you get like knighted and shit when you became the UK New Zealand of the year? Let's talk. Actually, give context on um, yes. on, uh what, what you do for the, the work and how you roll and where you're at and, and how you fit into the, the ecosystem. Maybe we'll start there to give a context. Okay. Yeah. So for the last five years, I've had the privilege of being the UK and Europe Regional Director for Kia New Zealand, so our Kiwi Expat Association. So um. I've always been inspired by your work around, you know, smashing that tall poppy idea. And every day in my work with Kia is about celebrating global success and contribution. And so I sit up in this city that I really adore, helping lift New Zealand's aspirations and matching them with expat Kiwis and importantly, um, friends of New Zealand to help them when they've got big questions or are trying to get through doors and walls that they just can't break through. So for the last five years, I've had this incredible storm of bringing New Zealand's incredible business, um, creative, commercial, um, everything, talent together and celebrating that to expat community and then seeing them launch into with the support of Kiwis and other people into their marketplaces. So it's just been this really incredible, strong five years of mm. growth and support. Um and I have the privilege of chairing a community group. So there are over 15 community groups in London alone that celebrate the um, New Zealand and UK connection. So we all come together four times a year, just see what's going on and get a measure of what's really happening for our people, our nation and the city that we call home. Well, I heard and it was party four times a year. I just heard party. Absolutely constructive meetings, which is really boring, although I do provide the kai, so we're all right. So to sort of help it to your question, um, to give con that's kind of gives a context of where I fit in that ecosystem. And then when we all woken on the 15th of March um, last year to the news of what had happened um, with the Christchurch shootings, um, home felt incredibly far away despite how tight our community is. And so we were all kind of stuck in this instant grief and feeling for our home, but also in that instance, the um, the 
Muslim brothers and sisters all around the world that were really hurting in these families. And so we had this crazy three-day process of talking amongst ourselves as leaders of community and getting guidance from the High Commission about, so what is the right response here as a community? This is something that, um, you know, had really punctuated society. Anyone in the UK that heard our accent as New Zealanders were giving us love and hugs and, and condolences, and it was just this really crazy time. So we sort of come Monday morning, by 11am we had permission by the City of London to hold a vigil at Trafalgar Square. And so that was no mean feat and it took a lot of guidance and thought and reaching into the Muslim community in London and really getting some guidance and with the support of the High Commission, but it was the community groups that drove this. So the accolade that I was bestowed on Waitangi Day in London this year as UK New Zealand of the Year was an acknowledgement of bringing the community together at a time when our nation needed it. And the reason we did that event was um, we had this amazing example of our leader, um, Jacinda Ardern, and then also our communities up and down the country and the people of Christchurch was showing us the way as to how to respond to this really horrific event. And so, you know, by the Thursday, the week on, we brought about 3,000 people together for a vigil at Trafalgar Square, which will sit in my heart and mind forever. Um, a moment in life none of us ever want to revisit, um, but it really showed we had people from all over the world come. We had people come in from Europe, people from up and down the country, um, people of many nationalities just came for a moment of humanity um, and togetherness. And so that's what the award was about. Um, it was pretty hard to accept it based on our activity being based on so much loss. Mm. But sometimes we need to, um, I'm not, I like putting spotlight on other people too. So it um, was hard to accept the thanks from the community for bringing us together at that time. So it's pretty, it's a very it's long a pretty, answer. No, no, no. It's, 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 <laughs> the energy, it must be kind of weird. It's like, um, when you know it's going to be heavy, you can feel it's going to be heavy. Visually, you haven't seen looks like that before, and so you can feel yeah. the weight. I can imagine that it, it must have been such just like a heavy, heavy vibe, man. You know, it was a big responsibility um, to respect um, everybody in that instance, and so I was really lucky. Um, I think you'll appreciate this. I think that there was a greater power that 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 lifted us up and enabled us to deliver what we did. And so um, there was an impetus of wanting to, we wanted the New, the New Zealand community, wanted to show the British Muslim community that we lived among them and that we were there for them. So that was why we were kind of driven to bringing this gathering together. And then as we started reaching, and it's about finding the right people. So before we knew it, we had um, multi-faith guidance from um the Reverend that looks after St. Lawrence Jury and the Guild Hall in London. And he was the reason that we we're able to bring a multi-faith service together. And then all those beautiful connections. Rabbi Jeremy had been a rabbi in Wellington. There was a connection everywhere we came along with New Zealand. Um, the Imam was um, very graceful and it was a really busy time for him and his community. And he joined us. And then even on the day, um, we received a message from um, Hasteen Razul, who is um, this incredible gentleman that does the call to prayer, does the Adan, and is world famous for it. And we just got this email saying, can I come and do this? Like and the so Bruce Buffer of, of praying. Yeah. And so That's fast awesome. forward to the actual event with the huge support of New Zealand High Commission, we, 
we brought together this event. You know, you've worked in events and stuff. There was no run-through. We didn't know if anyone was going to turn up. We didn't know what it was going to be like. And so sort of come 6 p.m. as the conch shell rang from Ngāti Dānana, we turned around and there was just a sea of faces had joined us to come together in that moment in support of Christchurch and the families. And then they sort of, everyone started pacing through and we had to do the call to prayer by about, I don't know, it was 6.15 we had to do it, 6.18 at the latest. And the clock turned over at 6.18 and um, Hussein was able to come up on the stage and he turned Trafalgar Square into an open-air mosque and he shook everyone's grief in the way that being recipients of haka and that, emo that um, emotional energy that you receive, um, we all got to receive it from from his faith. And um, so it was just a moment in time that you never want to re um, relive, but it brought humanity at its best together at a really awful time. And there's been friendships and other work that has been born out of it, which is pretty amazing. So we can be really proud of our nation because as a group of people that were lost um, and, you know, we didn't want it to be ill-received, we wanted it to be received in the respect that it was developed and, and it was. But you're absolutely right. Um, I think the next day I remember standing in my dining room in tears and my husband yeah. said, okay, you need to come back to us now because it was just it was a crazy journey where you just felt responsible for so many sure. hearts and souls. So anyway, um, so that's kind of that's that and then... Yeah, it was a way, and I suppose we had, unfortunately, the Christchurch earthquakes, um, being an expat community when you were full of grief, they kind of led the blueprint for us too around the importance of coming together as a community at times of grief, which is what I suppose the times that we're living in at the moment. Although we're really, we're physically distanced from each other, I've really loved seeing um, the community work and force um, of outreach. It's been really inspiring hmm. and long may that continue. The, you said a sentence there around, you know, like kind of like Kiwis and humanity sort of connecting out one. That was a, 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 was a moment, right, that brought together all, all that. And then you think of Corona right now, it's doing the exact same thing. And it's showing these, yeah. it's showing, you know, true colors for leadership, true colors for community, true. I mean, shit, that's a fucking great. Dave Dolman's about to make some more Spotify paychecks, I'm, I'm sure, after they use this for the next campaign coming out of this shit. But the true colors of New Zealanders in comparison to a lot of, lot of the world um, to the most of the world, to be to be fair, it um it, it gets you very proud to be a Kiwi. It gets you very you, you feel you feel stoked to say, yeah, I'm a New Zealander. And this is how we roll. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's not that it's it's a uh, in sport. It's always me versus you. Stuff you guys we're better about. Not that this is competition, but the no. pride that the pride that you feel around, like how how cool is it? Say you know we, this is how this is our level of how we roll. This is how we prioritize and care about our people this is how we you know and and i think just the pure care has been quite um not overwhelming just really um validating what we i think we all knew we felt in our heart and it's been a test i think for everyone would you would you feel the same energy that you've been away to then in new zealand actually seeing it in real life is that yeah, I mean, I've been really inspired by um, all of the initiatives that have sprung up overnight of just of um, thinkers and leaders rallying together to help those who aren't able to do that for themselves. Um, I suppose being at home, um, there's, you know, there's part of our community here that I know that aren't digitally connected and so can't get to us, um, get to this, I don't know, this connection and information as quickly. So I do worry about all of them. Um, and that's probably where I'm sitting at the moment as I'm thinking, how long am I going to be here? Um, what could I be getting involved in? And I um, just know there are lots of people that aren't getting 
to be as enriched as we all are um, through this level of connection. But yeah, completely inspired by the initiatives like, you know, the Cafe SOS and Manaki and so on that have just sprung up overnight for Kiwis helping Kiwis. Mm. I've been um, overnight. overnight. And whereas I've spent my, you know, Kia is 18 years young. Um, and we have been celebrating global success and contribution of New Zealanders for all of that time. And we've been looking and supporting the New Zealanders that are going offshore. And um, and that's obviously a really difficult time for people at the moment. So we've seen that what our businesses and connections and projects and causes need from us at the moment is really quite different. They need a, just a bit of aroha at the moment from us as they scramble and figure out what the immediacy looks like what they're planning for the next level three looks like, and then looking out to 18 months, you know, what does our life look like? And then what we'll find is people start looking up and out into the world again, and we'll start leaning into those strong expat communities. So I think now is a time for community. And, um, yeah, I just worry about the ones that aren't as connected as us. Um, and I can't go and knock on a door three doors down and just make sure that my neighbour's okay. So um, you know, I've joined all my local Facebook groups just to get an idea if there's anyone that I could be helping. But then again, it's, you're talking to the people that are connected, so they're yeah. the ones that I'm worried about, the ones that yeah. aren't so. Down the cul-de-sac, you need to watch out for Karen. She's just been throwing a big bitch <laughs> at the moment about the flipping milk cartons not getting delivered to the right the right side of the, the driveway. Flipping I think Karen. one of the ones that made me giggle in our local group was someone who was desperate for some lemons at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I thought there's either lemon ring pie or that woman's having a gin. So, um yeah, or because um, I'm in Polydor, obviously, and proudly the home of Whitakers, um, someone was arguing that Whitakers um, shouldn't be open and shouldn't be producing. And no, that's an essential. No, 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 no. Just all jump in on that. It's like this is an essential service. So um, I've currently got a little stash in my room at my mum and dad's, um, who've opened up their house to my husband and I, and my daughter, who wasn't allowed to go back to Australia. The Australian immigration said. She hadn't lived there long enough, so luckily we were here, so she's with us. Um, and, it's like Christmas. And, oh, my God. Well, I don't know if it's been like Christmas for her. But um, anyway, so I've got this little stash of Whitakers, um, and I keep a daily diary out to my friends about what I've been doing in this little small life that we're currently living. And Macintosh's toffees were the things that hit the hit the, the, the stakes the other day, so we went and bought more packets. To, the green ones. When the, well, when the green post is pop. open again, green one's your favourite? Yeah, green one's pop. Um, when mail opens up again, I'm sending so many key packages to the UK um, because, yeah, Kiwis need that. <laughs> so maybe we'll talk, talk there for a second. Kiwis that are, I think, is the number over a million expats around the world in New Zealanders? Is that right? the right number? Yeah, it's a statistic that um, I suppose it would be really hard to prove, but it's one that we all live to and feels right. Um, mm. So... We say that there's up to a million Kiwis living offshore, which makes New Zealand the second largest diaspora per capita. So diaspora being that outreach of that that's where all your Kiwis, your cluster of um, expats around the world. And so we're only second to Ireland. And so that's why we're quite impactful, I think. If you think about five million here, a million of us offshore doing really cool stuff. I don't know. Um, I know that you're well-traveled and you're you know living offshore. We just bump into each other everywhere. Um, I'm convinced that there's some kind of magnetic force in us to find each other. But and we are high achievers. Um, mm. I've um, alongside obviously the Kia World Class New Zealand Network. I've also been involved in Dreamcatchers, which was um, we'll all remember Hilary Timmins from our TV days, um, the day with Lotto and so on. She was really inspired what Kiwis were doing in the UK and has created Dreamcatchers, which is um, doing a little plug for her now on YouTube. But um, 
just the stories of Kiwis that have hit incredible levels of success and contributed in the world. Um, we need to keep shouting out about them. And, and our idea of um, Kia was all kind of born out of that drain, that brain drain discussion around feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves because we're losing all this expertise. But I really loved the concept of Kia saying, well, hang on, if they're going to be out there, why don't we just bolster them, support them, celebrate them when they're ready to come home or we'll find the right reason to lure them back. But in the meantime, they, um, I think you used the word for Catherine Corrich the other day as a weapon. There are all these sharp Kiwi weapon. yeah. weapons out there that can influence positive change in the world, but also for and on the behalf of New Zealand. So why would we want everyone here? We kind of need them all around. So that is probably one of my greatest joys of my job was discovering all the time new people who are doing incredible things in these sectors. And often, it won't surprise you, Robert, half the time they don't even know that they're amazing. And we get to tap them on the shoulder and tell them how proud their home nation is of them. And it's quite an overwhelming accolade to be bestowed. So, yeah, we, um, but that's not, I think Kiwis contribute, I've seen it all the time, they contribute to their local communities, they start businesses in the places they move into, they um, support one another, but they also become really embedded into the communities they've chosen to create home. So, they're not creating just these Kiwi enclaves that are just looking after each other. They're very much part of the new societies they've chosen to live in. And that's something we're really proud of. And sort of, you know, I mentioned our personal story around making a decision to stay um, pre-lockdown for, I naively thought, another month, but it'll probably be a bit longer that we'll be here in New Zealand. Our daughter's inability to be allowed back to where she was living and working um, we're not alone in being displaced um, and there's lots of discussion around what are we doing now because a lot of people did um, pack up their homes within 48 hours all around the world and come home, mm. um, not just in New Zealand. People have been doing it all around the world. Um, so you've got this supply and demand and also you've got this um, issue, but you've also got all these people who've come home that weren't actually quite ready. Um, Ooh, so we can yeah. look after them. We've got to find things for them to do. We've got to learn from them, but we've also got to look after them and make them feel welcome because they are moving back to a new country. Some people have lived away for 20 years. They're different. Their nation's different. So there's that we have to be mindful in community as well, is welcome everybody in. We've all got different journeys as to why we're here. Some of us don't haven't got the um, I don't know, the fiscal means to make that decision and still be financially okay. Some people have locked up the doors, left the porridge on the on the tables and left. Um, and then they have to deal with the consequences. But equally so, you've got um, expats who are saying, you know, my example is the UK. Yeah, it's really tough here at the moment, but this is my home and I'm going to ride it out. So we just have to accept that everyone's living really different um, situations and then what do we do to help each other? But, yeah, New Zealand, all the ones that have come home, welcome them. They're going to need lots of hugs when we're allowed to do that again. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah. As every day goes past, there's obviously there's new noise, there's new momentum, there's new action, there's depressing shit, there's good shit, there's just all this shit, right? And then you kind yeah. of you fast forward it all out, and you're like, man, how how different is the world going to be for the future? You know, and and, and it gets you proud seeing you know I've been seeing the um, tracking the how we've done versus everyone. Not that it's a competition. But I think we're doing pretty flipping good. Yeah, no, we, do. we are quite competitive as a nation. Yeah, but like, you know, looking like, yeah, come on, New Zealand, come on. And I like we've got the black line for us. We're like, yeah, black line, yeah. Um, how, what's your biggest fear around community or culture or commerce? 
when we come out the backside of this for New Zealand, maybe not for New Zealand for New Zealand's sake, but New Zealand to the world. Because obviously with the global lens, we mean different things to different places. Where's your where's your head go to when I ask that question? Yeah, okay. So from that, um, the thing I think about is innovate. So my fear is, is um, we're an amazing nation of thinkers and doers, but where we often, and you know, this is a new isn't a new conversation where we often lag behind is access to the funding to be able to innovate really fast and to move. So um, one thing that I know that, you know, seeing what NZTE's done with their um, online marketplace to sort of make sure that that export community are talking to each other about that supply and demand and they're helping each other keep their products go into the world, that's really important. We need to work together. It's, um, we have to work together. We're all, we're all um, I see it all the time where businesses are really proud of their success but often forget to um, join coalitions when they're going offshore or to work together or to not be afraid to say when they don't know something. So what we don't want is those products that are already out in marketplace to have to come back. So they're going to have to tell us what they need, seek help, work together. So we're going to have to support each other even more so to keep those products out there. But also we, we're really good at seeing opportunities, but often we lack the financial momentum to get us there. So we have to back ourselves. Like how do we get access to that funding to take those pivoting ideas and, and um, business into the right marketplace? And so that's my fear is that we're not as fast as we are in some things that we just don't get that financial momentum to be exactly where we need to be. Yep. So that's it's, my fear. Yeah, um, forever the number eight uh, wired thing. It's it's copy paste. It was like, yeah, you know, we're, we're quick on our feet and resilient, number eight wire, blah, blah. The reality is we're... New Zealand has world-class creativity. We have third-world commercialization um, skill sets for that creativity. <laughs> That's like the greatest. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's just matching. Yeah, yeah. matching those expertise though, because I yes. think you know we can't all be. Um, I think I said to you in our little when we met just before we came online that I see myself as a jack of all trades and master of none. Um, and we don't have to be that. We just need to sharpen in on what we're really good at and then look for the people who can help us at those other things. And that's what I'd really like to see, more collaboration, because combined we've got all of that. And we do have a freshness and an open thinking that we do bring into the world, and I'd hate to see that disappear. I've worked in international teams, you know, offshore 15 years, and I do see when I bring my um, way of thinking to a table, sometimes it's resisted, and then when it's sort of reintroduced in a more open collaborative way people go oh okay I hadn't seen it that way so that and also um work with our partners so this isn't just New Zealand going out into the world this is New Zealand going into the world with those global partnerships work with other nations work together I mean no one is immune from this whole situation we're with so um, I'm all about connections and relationships lean into those how can you be helping each other and working together and collaborate and that cross-border collaboration is going to be more important than ever because we need that positive stream of goods and services going everywhere because I know that there's been some conversation around um, this globalisation not necessarily being as positive for the world as we mm. know it was and this has given us a moment to breathe. So let's do business for good. Let's do business that makes sense. Let's work together and not just compete for the sake of it would be my sort of utopia. Um, to your point around community, Kiwis are quite huggy, and I imagine there's a lot of people out there that are really missing. Like good hugs, good hugs, good hugs, consensual hugs. Really good hugs, essential hugs. I think there'll be a lot of there's a lot of people that be missing their hugs. So I'd like to think that over time, because even I mean, you see it when you go to the shop, right? There's this respecting what we need to do for each other, 
there's a sense of distrust and unease of each other and I would just hate to see that um, be left in us. And so I've loved to, I've loved seeing what our nation's doing around mental health and having really open conversations around how we're all being impacted differently. And so we need to come out of this as whole people, um, as people who put their hand up to say, I need help. People who say, look, I feel feeling good today or I'm not, you know, and just that openness. I love what Zero's done with their mental health um, access into yep. business and what John Kerman and stuff's done with their rap, um, their app rollout this week. Really brave, bold conversations to have, but we need to make sure the people around us are having them as well. And um, so community has to start with making sure that we're all okay first before we all just start running off to um, in search of what we think that we've lost. Um, but, you know, these, these Zoom calls and the things that you've been doing show that community has become also a lot more accessible than it ever has been. The world's kind of opened up in a really unique way. Um, but how do we make sure that we're having powerful, purposeful conversations mm. and that we're listening and that we're helping each other? So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love nothing more than bringing a group of people together and um, hearing inspiring guest speakers and then seeing the energy that's created after and the connections that come from that. And there is, I don't think there's any way to replace that serendipity of engagement when you're in a room together of um, similarly minded people because you're not always like-minded, but people who are drawn to to um, an event or a person. And um, I don't play sport. I'm a number one spectator and supporter, but I really hope that um, the sporting world can survive this in a way that it can still be delivering the level of connection and, and community togetherness that it does. So, yeah, there's a lot going mm. on, Robert. If I really think about it too much, I just want to sit in a corner. But, no, um, it's, that, it's that balance <laughs> off of you're excited and depressed. It's the tension of positivity for the future with fear for the now you know and yeah. we were talking with um janine crossan the, the the ceo and founder of um uh, powered by flossy um yeah and she was talking about you know we're going to be going into the world of obviously with hygiene and safety into the a fear-based economy yeah what does that mean and you yeah. know you're talking about going to the supermarket you want to high five your friend but you don't want to kill him and so what do you do it's like all right well you know start with like trolley bumps you can do trolley bumps <laughs> Start with some of that. Um, yeah, it's it's. The there is going to be social distance that comes in for a while, and um, yeah, God, just still wash our hands, right? But um, and stay home when you're sick. I just, you know, that's just we've all grown up with that. Um, and maybe you know this whole ability to work from home now means that you can still be productive, even though you get a bit of a head cold. But I don't know. And I, I watched Janine's, and I'm, I'm I you know, lucky to call her a friend and so pleased that she's on her way to, to health um, and wellness. And we've got, you know, I've got a few friends in London that are really suffering with um, coronavirus and it's been really hard to support them from afar because it's a really isolating illness. You are on your own. Um, but I watched her talk the other day and I've even watched it amongst my friends and family as they're all starting to start looking after them, their own personal grooming and things at home. So um, and that, to that point is that fear of each other because you don't want to make someone else sick, but you don't want them to make you sick. So that, well, how do we start building that trust again? And I don't think we're there yet. I think we just oh, need shit, to no. too yeah. far ahead to even trying to solve those things, but we need to be aware of them. Um, and so, like, I just want to even just shout out to, I feel really grateful that I'm in New Zealand and receiving mm. the messaging from our government. I know that there'll be lots of arguments about how far, hard and fast we went, but um, just the messaging and the encouragement 
that's coming out from that team exemplary and it just makes me feel really safe as safe as you can in this situation but we've all got to kind of rally in together and I like that idea of New Zealand being a five million strong team um wouldn't that be amazing I hope we get for t-shirts and numbers on it we get it's a <laughs> thing right. with black shirt day and we just we, we're like tomb 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 um yeah. Kia trade global how do you see the doors opening back up? How do you see the, because actually I'll ask you this, cause you, you're probably pretty well versed in the politics and money shit internationally. So there's a big resounding energy and momentum that's coming up from certain leaders talking about resiliency to look after our own and bring it back home and made in America and made with ourselves, blah, blah. Simultaneously, yeah. there's a huge trade component, which they need to survive. So then yeah. I'm thinking yeah. the way that this actually works and you know, you're in this world is, these gnarly delegates when these fancy little suits and shit, they go overseas, they have these long lunches, they bro down and then they make the deals and that's how shit actually happens. Right. But in, when they go into it now, representing their countries, doesn't need to be New Zealand. I'm imagining that it's going to be, there's going to be an internal tension of we need all of you, but we need to look after ourselves. So it's going to be this yeah. weird fake kind of, I don't know if it's going to yeah. be fake, but I, it will be fake. It will be fake. Lot, lots of fake shit. But like, how do they navigate, the political world to try and open up passages back with each other, but simultaneously looking like they're resilient, that they're back in their own at home because there's going to be this now big push on um, hyper local resiliency, um, local investments. We need to look after ourselves. It's, you know, our nation first type thing. How do the, how do you practically yeah. navigate th those two worlds? It's a really good question. That's a big question. That's um, the big, big, big questions here. <laughs> The whiskey hasn't even started. <laughs> so it's I'm really whiskey. lucky. I know. I haven't even had a coffee this morning because I've been in meetings. Um, so the one thing we have to be really careful about, I think, what's dangerous in the world is nationalism, right? So globalization and thought and togetherness as a, as a global world is really important and that understanding of each other and what each other needs. Um, in the first instance, I completely agree that we need to start looking after our domestic economy. Um and I think some of us have got a little bit um, lazy in the way that we expect to receive goods and when we um, and how much we pay for them and are not really valued that local made produce and products. So I think we do need to get a bit better at making some more of the stuff ourselves. Every country needs to do that. Um, this has shown that you can't be completely independent and in getting um, certain products just from one country. It's just not going to work because... You know, a lot of the scientists are saying that this may not be our only COVID-19 experience as the climate and everything changes. You know, there's a lot of noise. I've become a really good headline reader, hence I'm jack of all trades. and not. I just get um, burdened down by everything. But I think it's just it's going to come down to relationships. So we've seen the conversation New Zealand's already had with Singapore about trying to keep that trade rates, those trade routes open. Those pre-existing valuable um, relationships have to be kept open, but I think you'll be having those pure conversations around helping each other. I don't know if that happens purely at government level. It's going to come down to that trade, um, expert, um, export and distributor conversations. It's going to come down to people, people helping people, people listening to what they need in those marketplaces, um, and then us as wherever us are, whoever you are living in the world and wherever you live, looking to home. I mean, we've seen some really great examples now of people um, shopping in their local kind of areas and boroughs for um, food and beverage and starting to celebrate local made. And I'd really like to see that um, getting stronger. 
um, almost back to a little bit to that village mentality while still accepting that sometimes you have to look up and out to get what you need. So hyper-local I don't know, and I think you'll find that, Robert, there are people scrambling to unlock this as we speak. Um, but yeah, I'm really for buying local um, and celebrating um, quality local produce and, and, create, and creating an environment in which it can be developed and looked after and grown. Um, and then taking those really big ones and having a look how they, they scale and go out. And I think there's a big opportunity because New Zealand is going to be seen, if we can do what our government's striving for us to do, we are going to be seen as a clean, pure country. So there's an opportunity where we can look across, because I know that we've held together by a huge number of SMEs. So how do we spotlight all of those ones that have world-class products, but they don't quite have the world-class aspiration to take their product offshore? So I think there's that whole guidance and nurturing how to elevate and scale some of these businesses um, internationally is going to be a huge opportunity for New Zealand. So we don't want markets to close, um, but we want more of New Zealand thinking um, about how they take their amazing products to the world so than we a, currently do. It's a great um, sort of segue into it because you are talking before how, you know, there's a lot of New Zealanders who are global who have done great stuff. They don't even realise it and they've done the great stuff. Yeah. The challenge there is isn't actually about the potential goods or services which could go to the world. It's actually the mindset of that business yeah. owner for them to realise that they are great, that they could be thinking, why not go global but stay local? Like I've been talking yeah. about this for flipping ages, which kind of brings you back to the, the tall poppy headspace thing around internal bravery of those to realise that they're actually good to go and do stuff and create and go. So yeah. I really feel that the the motivational component, first for starters, I think New Zealand has a huge, massive issue with awareness of those who have already been successful in this country i think it's a flipping absolute shit show because yeah. apart from a couple of the all blacks you ask the average kiwi on the street who's boom 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 they wouldn't flipping know and yeah. half those global crew they don't even know that these other crew around them are, are smashing as well so I, yeah. and obviously i've traveled around a bit and shit and I've, I've seen some stuff and it irks me just to the point and now i'm like okay well how shit would it be now if there's these amazing Kiwi SME businesses who don't realize that their goods or products or services are actually available with the world and we've got the brand New Zealand, yada, yada, yada. That's a huge financial lost opportunity for the nation just because they internally don't feel that they're good enough to do it. So if you were yeah. the, the government or seen from the world, how would you how would you help navigate the mindset of those type of business people that don't feel that they're good enough or that their thing is you know, it's just going to stay at the meta meta local fear instead of being like, actually, we should be in flipping Tokyo. You know, like, how do you, what would you yeah. say to them? How do you, how do you unlock, if you could unlock that shit, game on. I know, isn't it a balance around accepting some people's own personal aspiration isn't always to be that? Um, I think it needs to be identified. So, to your sport analogy, so I'm just thought of a sport analogy where there are people going around and they go, um, the selectors go and watch games of rugby. And then they go and tell a young rugby um, you know, man or woman that they're amazing at rugby and they want to take them through this pathway. Um, what I don't know is whether or not we do, we have any business scouts that are going up and down the country and identifying products and services that actually, do you know this could go global? I mean, at the moment, what I don't know is that do we wait for people to come and tell us that they've got their aspiration? Or could we be scouting? Have I just created a new job for myself? Business maybe? scouting. <laughs> So telling no, people you're ready. But but the ones that only ones that would would potentially be the DD crew from VCs and stuff that look through to see if it's got scale for yeah. them commercially. Yeah. But not and that only happens reactionarily, I guess is that yeah. a word? I don't know, whatever. When they come <laughs> into that world if they need funding, opposed to 
existing good businesses that do exist, which could go out. Yeah, that could get business some nurturing. Scout. Oh, it's yeah, a good one. Scout. It's a good one, isn't it? Um, so I think there's opportunity for people to be told um, and to be marketed. And so that comes down to us, the um, internal marketing as a nation, the pointing to, the storytelling and showing what someone else has done. Often you can then see yourself in that journey. Um, and there are a lot of blockers in business right to growth. And so how do we unpick those? So it is a, it is a big one. But I think aspiration and being given the permission to dream big is um, is a bit cliche, but I think it's really important. But it's not so um, much and for just, people oh, so you go. to talk about what they're doing and why they love it and how others could be benefiting from it. But I don't think it needs to be that they can dream to be big. They might already be like, that's one thing on the way up. But there are those that are there that have so much epic shit. If they just told people that they exist, okay. it would be so yeah. good. So it's like that that mental block of, oh, no, nah, it's all good. No, nah, I'm not good enough. No, nah, no, nah, sweet. No, nah, it's all, don't worry about it. No, nah, no, nah, sweet, sweet, sweet. Stuff that, stuff that, that's the, that, it's those crew that they piss me out. Like the young bucks are going to get the inspiration. Like, like you want, you want them to, right? They want to yeah. go driver and whatever. But those that are there now, I think the majority of people who could be way bigger than they are right now, who could be double the size, haven't don't even think they're worthy. They don't think they're worthy. And if you're, it's so Kiwi, not to say that you shout it from the flipping rooftops, but like there's a difference between arrogance and confidence. You know, if you're confident to then be more externally brave around things, then your business grows, then you hire more people, then you get more stuff, then you get more dollars through the door, then your family have a better life, then your kids go to better schools, then it's like, then, 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 then. But they're like, oh, no, no, it's all good. No, no, I'm just going to tick along. It's all, it's all G. I'm just going to tick along. And I think, you know, the BNZ had their, um, I keep using this flipping stat all the time because it's really impressive to me. 97% of New Zealand businesses are small businesses with less than 20 staff. Yeah. 97%. Yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, and if there's a, if, if, if there was a hack that you said, okay, this isn't actually going to cost anything, but mentally, if their headspaces of 50% of that 95% could believe that they're actually good and their product could go elsewhere. And if they just said, open their eyes for a second, this could add hundreds of billions of dollars into the economy. You'd be like, I'm sorry, what? And I know, um, well, we all need to, um, you know, so, um, so Paul um, Callahan's, you know, how do we create more zeros of the world? So how do we create more? big companies out of New Zealand without them having yep. to leave. Um, and it doesn't always have to be SaaS. Obviously, SaaS is a really good product to export to the world um, because you you know you have to put people on, on seats in that technology. And often we are very product and, and primary um, industries based. So I don't know. It's um, There has to be opportunity out of this. There just has to be. Um, and it's going to be hard. There are going to be some businesses that won't reopen. Um, but I think even then that responsibility across that these sectors around understanding who could be working better together and they become stronger that way and sharing that workload and, you know, that world of competitiveness, you know, yes, there's still that com commercial importance of business, but can we, you know, how do we do business better? How do we do it with um, a more responsible view as to what we're trying to achieve for the world, not just to, you know, profit for shareholders and so on? So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what shakes up out of this but um mm. yeah we need to help people what do you people think, need to say what they need what do you think is the biggest opportunity right now for new zealand post covid the biggest thing which is an absolute no-brainer that you think oh god i can't answer that my head's too flooded um like you've lost me um <laughs> 
Well, I was going to say, um, I was thinking, uh, yeah, our mana, our, I think we can lead the way by showing the world how communities can support each other. That would be an amazing thing to give the world. And accepting that, because um, I know that being an expat for a long time watching New Zealand evolve, you know, we're an incredible um, multinational, um, international country. And we need to start celebrating that and show how we can all work together and support each other and accept that we're all bringing different things to the table. Um, so, God, if we could do that and show the world how to how to give, if we could give overnight every family that don't have have access to the internet, um, we could give every child in New Zealand, I know that Education New Zealand are doing great work and trying to get, you know, supply and demand, getting things out to kids because they're going to this new way of learning for a while. Um, if we can enable our communities and level the playing field a bit, God, that would that's what I'd love to see us do and then we could be leading the way. So, yeah, I think I'm so community-minded. I mean, I love business, but I'm all about people. So um, if we could get communities to be more cohesive and accepting who they are together as that beautiful melting pot and we can make sure those that don't have access to some of our basic privileges now around access to knowledge through the internet and access to devices, God, New Zealand can soar. We'll all be a lot more connected. We'll be together be helping each other so we could lead the, the way that way as a nation who helps each other five million we can do this right i want my black t-shirt my, <laughs> my five thousand i get everyone gets a team of five million <laughs> i'll buy the first one there you go no i'm saying the government should give us them and we rip them on, <laughs> on the day and we have the, the new oh, i the, love that turning through money at the moment i think we can turn it into a bit of a charity there you go option. how about we do that who do we know that's a really good t-shirt designer um i, I know yeah. some people <laughs> we've got we've got contacts um yeah is it weird yeah. you've seen new zealand from afar for 15 years and then pop come back and be here yeah it would be here up? not to be able to see it yeah um look i'm really lucky so for my first um i don't know six or seven years offshore i didn't really engage a lot with new zealand other than when you know any of our sports teams or dave dobbin or someone came into town and on purpose, really, just to, you know, meet people locally and have a real UK experience. But it was around six, seven year mark that I started missing home. But I knew that I didn't want to be back um, here to live because I hadn't quite finished yet. And so that's when I started discovering what was happening within the New Zealand community, specifically in London. And I just had this whole dawning of this realisation of what Kiwis are doing around the world um, and creating in their new adoptive homes. And it just blew me away. So I have become the super kind of Kiwi supporter in the UK, where I have to really actively try and take New Zealand out of my day because I'm just so pro New Zealand, so pro New Zealand businesses. I mean, I want to give a shout out to all of the business, Kiwis and business in um, UK and London, and especially people like Crosstown Donuts who are trying to thrive and survive through COVID by creating collaborations with other businesses. Um, you know, like Caravan and Volcano and Sacred all delivering their coffee to your door still so we can all keep our coffee hats up. Um, and, you know, Cadrona um, gin, I've got a bottle coming today. We all need Cadrona or Scat Race gin. You know, there's just so much pride. And I worry about Rod and Gun who have just opened their stores in London. Like, how do we make sure people are still buying their clothes? Um, just all, so I have... I've lived in this really strange London, New Zealand bubble. I'm probably more New Zealand now living in the UK than I am and was when I lived in New Zealand, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, got it. So um, I am unique in the sense that I am just flooded with New Zealand and I'm championing it and it's a contribution 
in the UK all the time that I probably bore a lot of people. And my husband will laugh, we'll go somewhere and try and just go to an English restaurant for dinner and a Kiwi will serve us or the Kiwi will be a head chef or a New Zealand song will come on or the best wine of the night is Kiwi wine. It's just like, really? <laughs> Where do we live? We're so, everywhere. Um, I've had that ex- pure expat experience where New Zealand was just home, really proud of it. And then I've just had this really amazing journey of supporting New Zealand offshore. And I don't know how long I'm going to be home. So I'm just trying to think, how do I add that external view and value here while I'm, you know, while I'm at home? Um, yeah. And I'm really lucky. I've got these beautiful connections all around the world that love our nation and want to help it grow. And to one of my points earlier, they're not all New Zealanders. They're just people who love our nation, have either lived here, studied here, or have the fortune to marry a Kiwi. Um, you know, we've, we've got some good stuff to be sharing with the world and, um, yeah, I don't want to see our little nation become a pure um, isolated island nation, and I don't think we want that either. So, um, you know, I worry about our tourism industry. Um, the amount of days, you know, I count probably a couple of times a week, I give people advice as to where to go on holiday in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, what do we do to help that? Um, but did you grow up with the slogan of you can't leave home until you've seen the country? I think we need to bring that back so that Kiwis are, you know, travelling around once we're all unlocked from our regions um, to be exploring and supporting our local tourism providers and don't spend your money in Fiji this year, spend it in New Zealand. Um, yeah. Because everyone does that around the world, everyone's going to be okay for a while and then we're allowed to go up and out. So I don't know if I answered your question at all, really. I mean, I just am incredibly fortunate to have a great product, which is the nation of New Zealand to share. Um, we're all hurting at the moment. I'm not, you know, we've had a really lovely chat, but I'm not, um, ignoring the fact that there are, there's a lot of pain out there in people's lives, businesses, um, and we just all need to look after each other at the moment. Just don't try and run too fast. We've just got to try and catch our breath. Mm. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. Community first, doing it the right way, make sure that the neighbours are actually good, figure out some yeah. way to be able to hug people. <laughs> good hugs, <laughs> consensual hugs. I mean, toe tapping started in London um, before lockdowns. And so people went uh, um, about two or so weeks out, people just weren't shaking hands anymore. And they're doing these really awkward little dances. So, um, yeah, maybe the Irish will come out and some of us, <laughs> the little Irish jigs to greet people. But I think we just need to lead with humility, humanity um, and caring. And ask someone how they are and don't be afraid to respond like you did, saying, you know, feeling a little bit wobbly, it's topsy-turvy. Um, a friend sent me a beautiful message the other day. Am I allowed to swear on your program? Um, Have he sent you me a heard message. How I talk. He sent me a message the other day, and it was it was so Kiwi in a sense that it was like, "How are you?" I'm looking for positives, and um, you know, and talking about just being really uplifting and encouraging and caring. And then right at the end, he just put his hand on his head and he said, "It's just all a little bit fucked, isn't it?" And it just kept me laughing all day because it is just a little bit fucked. But we're all in the same boat. We're in the same walker. Let's all help each other, um, which I'm seeing, and I'm really encouraged. I'm really proud of our nation. But we need the we need the cheerleaders, you know. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing. Like I, you know, I feel I'm a um, self-appointed, you know, digital cheerleader for for New Zealand. I think you're a, a cheerleader for New Zealand business. You, you know, it's it's you you need that because as well, the danger that happens if people proactively don't try and be positive if there aren't people proactively being positive and everyone's just being negative then if yeah. if you're a 
if your headspace isn't strong enough to see through the clouds of what can be, then you yeah. start believing that's your own reality. And that's the dangerous bit. And that's where um, I get um, fearful around more of the headspace stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's been awesome yarning with you. It's been rad to see just your, your take on things, especially from a global lens, looking back into New Zealand, which is cool as well. And um, I appreciate your time. And also congrats on Thanks. UK, New Zealander of the year. <laughs> Royalty. Amazing. Great to spend time with you. Thank Royalty. you. Thanks, Thank Anya. You. I'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah. Bye. So good. Good soul. Care for the people. Don't rush, but do it right. Love your local. Support your local. Slowly build our way back from this thing. It's going to be a big journey, team. It's not the end. It's the start. So keep the headspace strong and let's keep rocking. See you soon, team. Stay safe. Stay smiling. See you soon.